What's up, people? Another episode of Just for Sports. Jamoke Davis here with you. And I'm steaming this morning. I really am. And obviously, if you are a Red Sox fan, you are happy. I'm not a Rays fan, but I am still steaming about what happened in last night's baseball game, which I will get to. Okay, how quirky it is. Tampa Rays should have been up in that game. We'll get to week five in the National Football League. I am getting better and better with my picks. At least in my mind. At least in my mind. And of course, it is the, you know, as we begin week five in the NFL, who's for real? Who is an imposter? As we get into what I consider the second uh, leg of the race, if you will, right? First four weeks, you break the season down into four week sections. That's how, you know, even some NFL coaches have talked about it like that. And that's the way I like to think about it, too, to kind of determine how good or bad uh, a team is, the direction that they are going in. So we'll get into that. And we're getting closer to the NBA season. So I'll talk to Dexter Henry about that as well. Um, So that'll be fun coming up later in the episode. But as I mentioned, I'm a first start with baseball. So yesterday, Kevin Kiermeyer was rounding third base. He wasn't sure if he had a home run, but then there was something weird with the baseball. Hunter Renfro uh, was trying to catch the ball on the bounce, get the ball on the bounce from the, for the Red Sox. Ball hits his thigh and goes into the stands. There's no doubt that Yandy Diaz would have probably scored, even if that ball had stayed in play. And yes, the Red Sox won 6-4, to four, so who knows? Maybe they still would have hit the home run and won the game. That is a distinct possibility. But I think my biggest issue with what we are dealing with here is doesn't it feel like in sports try not look try not to think about the team you were rooting for because it's happened to you too doesn't it seem like whenever there's something quirky it seems to always hurt the team that could put that was going to benefit from whatever happened That's what bothers me is just as much as you are trying to assume what would have happened based off of the rules, because obviously something quirky did happen. Why'd you have to put Yanzi Diaz back on the base? Why couldn't you say, okay, Yanzi Diaz scores but it's still a double. What I don't understand what would have been wrong with that. 
is in the top of the 13th inning. It was what could have been the go-ahead run that put the Rays up 2-1 in the series with only a need to win one more game. And congratulations to the Red Sox for winning the one game down in Tampa. That's a big deal. Kevin Kiermaier said, quote, the rules are what they are, but man, that's a heartbreaker. I can't believe that happened or we don't get the chance to score right there. I crushed that ball. I got a lot of snap and crackle with no pop first and foremost. I mean, Yandy would have scored standing up. It's a heartbreaker, plain and simple, end quote. Sometimes you don't necessarily need to go 100% by the rules because there is something that will change the rules. And this should have been one of those instances where they said, well, this is different. And we're going to make an assessment on the field, especially when you know the implications of what you are going to have happen. When you think about the fact that an umpire can make a judgment call on balls and strikes, well, I think it was close enough to be a strike. Well, I think it was close enough where it's a ball. Maybe somebody got walked because they thought it was a ball and bases loaded and the run that scores wins the game. Why now did you find it necessary to try to be like, oh no. I mean, and I'm going to say it like this because that's what I feel like. Right? They made the crew chief Sam Holbrook and umpire supervisor Charlie Relaford available after game three, which I do like about Major League Baseball. I would like for other leagues to do that. I think that is a great thing that Major League Baseball is doing. But to just come out and say, quote, from the umpires, it's it's item 20 in the manual, which is balls deflected out of play, which is in reference to official baseball rule 5.06 B4H. It says if a fair ball not in flight is deflected by a fielder and goes out of play, the award is two bases from the time of the pitch. End quote. I know I sound ridiculous there. But even in my mind, I think that the umpires had a chance to do something right here. Do something that says, hey, we've never seen this before. And so we feel we are within our right to make an assessment based on that. Because not only are you hurting the Rays, but that was Hunter Renfro's fault. Kiermaier said exactly right, man, I, I popped that ball. That was a quality hit. And you punish the Rays for a quality hit. That's how I see it. The team that should have been rewarded in this quirky situation should have been the Rays, not the Red Sox. The rules provide no 
umpire discretion for runners placement which means that the umpire couldn't have done what I am saying he can do but I just I don't like it I don't like it the thing about well he didn't intentionally throw it over the wall He didn't intentionally throw it over the wall, so you're right there. But he, but it intentionally went over the wall because of something he did. So I do think that that is fair, that you could have ruled that Diaz should have scored. Because... The intention in my mind was obviously not to let it hit over the wall, but it's still the intention was a poorly placed defensive play. That's what I saw. Renfro did not judge the ball properly and was up too close on it. That's what I saw. That's how it ended up hitting his thigh. I just hate the thought, you know that that's like a pet peeve of mine, how games end up being decided not by the play, but by umpires and rule books. When your eyes can tell you, okay, there's no doubt, there's no doubt that Diaz would have scored. Even if Renfro did field that ball properly, Probably would have been a close play at the plate, maybe. But because the whole thing was so quirky, I just didn't like how they ruled in favor of the Red Sox. They, the Rays got punished, and they shouldn't have been. And that's what's disappointing to me. That's what's disappointing to me. Game three between the Braves and Brewers is today at 1 p.m. Game four between the Astros and White Sox is later today. The Rays have to try to shake off this. I mean, I don't I don't know how you shake this off. That was pr- probably the toughest loss you can ever have. I wouldn't be surprised. I really would not be surprised to say that the the Rays are done. I think they're done. I really do. Boston leads the series 2-1. I think the Red Sox have all the momentum. And I think they close out the Rays today and continue their 
epic run. I mean, the Red Sox were almost done, and here we are. They're looking amazing. They're making a run that's like this kind of run when you have these quirky things happen. This is like book it. You're going to the World Series. It things are working in your favor. Houston leads the White Sox two to one. Are the White Sox coming to life now that they're back at home? Maybe. That's a possibility. Brewers at Braves. The Braves won game two in Milwaukee. Low-scoring games. Man, pitchers duels. Now the Braves are at home with a chance to close it out. If they can. I think the Braves will win that series. And we got Giants-Dodgers is tied up 1-1. Now the games move to L.A. today and tomorrow. We'll see what happens. Of course, when I go and look on, you know, the odds, yep, everything's at one and a half. Brewers are favored today, one and a half. White Sox are favored, one and a half. Rays are favored, one and a half. And Dodgers are favored, one and a half. Max Scherzer on the mound for the Dodgers. Mad Max, former Nat. Man, I wish the Nats were still together. It'll be fun. It'll be exciting. The National Football League. What a game. Last night. What a game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. What'd you learn from week five in the NFL? I learned the Buffalo Bills are for real. They crushed another team, which I'll get into in a little bit. This may be their year. I said some time ago, and have been saying all season rather, that Matthew Stafford might be the MVP. But the more I'm watching him play, it might be Josh Allen. It might be Josh Allen. Even with the lightning delay, the Bills were already up in that game. Chargers beat the Cleveland Browns 47-42. to Now, that's my kind of game. 
There wasn't much defense, so probably not a good thing. Chargers come back from down 14 to win the game. Justin Herbert. Who knew what he would become as a quarterback? And the Chargers win again. Bears Raiders. That surprised me. But it didn't surprise me. It surprised me based on my early picks before the John Gruden news. I would not be surprised if the Raiders are done. Even before the game, I wasn't when I was making my gut check picks on Thursday. Wasn't thinking about Khalil Mack coming back to play the Raiders. Justin Fields getting his first win as the quarterback of the Bears. Was exciting, but it's Khalil Mack though. The the pressure in the quarterback, eight tackles. A sack. He was all over the place. I think the Raiders are in big trouble. The Raiders are in big trouble. That's another thing that I'll get to later I'm not happy about. Cardinals beat the 49ers. It was a low-scoring game. I still don't know how DeAndre Hopkins is not playing for the Houston Texans because, of course, he is a great wide receiver. And Kyler Murray, just like when the quarterback gives the offensive line, you know, at the end of the season, gives them some cool gifts because, you know, they protected the quarterback. So the quarterback's paying them back. Well, he needs to be doing something for DeAndre Hopkins because I don't know if Kyler Murray would be Kyler Murray without him. It was Trey Lance's first career start. I think he's going to struggle, just like all of the other Rookie quarterbacks are struggling in the NFL right now. Cardinals are for real and still undefeated. Cowboys crushed the Giants. That's what we expected. I'd love to see Dak Prescott back. Packers barely beat the Bengals. I didn't know that game would come down to a field goal, which to me says Cincinnati Bengals are pretty good. Joe Burrow, okay. Last year he got hurt. He did play well before he got hurt, no doubt about that. But when you were uncertain about Joe Burrow coming back from his injury, now he has another injury, unfortunately, uh, as a throat injury, which isn't good. The kicker struggled in this game, but Mason Crosby comes up big. Five missed field goals in the final two minutes and 12 seconds of regulation and overtime. Evan McPherson and Mason Crosby Crosby were both missing field goals, but Mason Crosby got the one that counted most. And the Packers win 25 to 22. I think he has a bright future, Joe Burrow. Minnesota Vikings hand Detroit Lions another tough loss. 
I mean, the crying. The crying yesterday. Uh, what was it? It wasn't unwarranted if you saw the post-game press conference by Dan Campbell. I think he's really struggling to figure struggling to figure out what to do here. How to right this ship. All of Detroit was crying with you, Coach Campbell. They were all crying with you. That was a rough one. That truly was a rough, rough one. Tom Brady on my fantasy football team, I, I must say. So I'm very excited about it. Five touchdowns. He's not done. Tom Brady's not done. And they beat the Dolphins 45-17. It's what you expected. Eagles beat the Panthers. I was surprised by that. I thought the Carolina Panthers weren't necessarily for real when they were undefeated. But they're sliding. They're sliding back to the pack in this second half of or second quarter, as if as I want to call it, of the season. Titans crush the Jaguars. The Titans are, you know... Derrick Henry, I mean, as he goes, they go. He played high school football north of Jacksonville. So I'm sure Derrick Henry had a little bit of a homecoming for him. I think Jacksonville is another team in trouble. They are mired in urban, if you will. And I think they need to move on from that head coach. Let's get a fresh start as quickly as possible as quickly as possible Patriots beat the Texans on the field goal 25-22 also in overtime Falcons beat the Jets in London I had that game the Saints beat the Washington football team Washington football team is not very good Alvin Kamara's playing well. You don't know what you're going to get out of Jameis Winston. But, uh, yeah, that the Jameis Winston, you never know what you're going to get each week with him. But they did enough against a mediocre Washington football team with a mediocre quarterback that Washington football team fans are trying to get behind, and that's not going to be easy. But the Saints get the win. And in what was the most crucial game for the Pittsburgh Steelers, they beat the Broncos at home 27-19. An interesting stat I had saw going into the game that I didn't, or rather I think I heard it and then I wrote it down. So I didn't see it, but I got it. I can see it right now on my computer. I was like, oh, that's interesting. The Broncos have played the Steelers in the playoffs more than any other team 
in the NFL eight times. So in a weird way, they're almost like they're not a rival, but they're the the Broncos are the only team who have a winning record over the Steelers in the playoffs. Or rather, Steelers have a losing record, three and five, against the Broncos. So this game should have a little bit more to it. But I doubt many people were really thinking about that. But the Steelers needed this win, or else I think the season was over. I think they were going to be headed in the wrong direction based off of last season. They lost their last four or five after starting 11-0. and And this season was starting poorly. They were 1-3, and three, and they were desperate. And they got a big win over the Denver Broncos. And Ben Roethlisberger, for any talk about, oh, he's getting old, what's up with his arm, his accuracy, yards per catch. The first drive, second game in a row in the first drive of the game, they score a touchdown. 50-yard pass to Deontay Johnson. Chase Claypool got got in the game. He had 130 yards. Najee Harris. Had his first 100-yard rushing game, 122 yards and a touchdown on 23 carries. The game was exciting late as Denver was trying to mount a comeback. It was a little too late. I'd like to say that, well, because he may not be coming back, Juju got hurt. But maybe the Steelers got their Juju back. Maybe that's what it maybe that's what it is. Not Juju Smith Schuster, but just you know. They needed this bump. They needed this bump. So, but still, take it week to week. Just take it week to week. All right, tonight we got the Monday night football matchup. Is this the best game of the week? Indiana at Baltimore, Indianapolis at Baltimore, the Colts. No, but I will say the history of the Colts, the Baltimore Colts having left in the middle of the night for Indianapolis there are a lot of Baltimore fans that will never forget that and should never forget it luckily it's not the same owner of the Ravens uh, I mean of the Colts excuse me and the Ravens have gone on to do uh, pretty 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 good for themselves Both teams have a solid defense. Colts have the worst, almost the worst offense in the NFL, but Ravens aren't too far ahead of them. They're ranked 23rd, Colts 31st. It's that rushing game. Ravens rank 5th in rushing. The game's tonight at 8.15 on ESPN. I fully expect the Ravens to win. Lamar Jackson is 7-0. 
this month, the month of October in his career. As I always like to say, Carson, go back from whence you came. But then again, I guess Philly would be like, no, 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 no. We don't want him to come back. That doesn't really work that way now. But the Ravens' defense seems to be better. After giving up 34 points per game in weeks one and two, they're now only giving up 12 points per game. They've almost doubled the number of sacks. Yards per game is down 200. Yards per game allowed is down 200. And total yards per game is down just under 200 yards. Don't expect Jonathan Taylor to have a good game. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, especially after last week in that controversial last run of the game to continue their streak of what? They're at 44 games of 100 yards rushing. I expect them to get 45 tonight. Carson Wentz, who has been pressured at the highest rate in the NFL this season. Yeah, he's going to get pressured a lot. I don't expect the Colts to score over 20 points. I say 17. That's what I say. The game line for tonight's game is Ravens. Minus seven at minus 105. Money line minus 335 for the Ravens, plus 260 for the Colts. I've got the Ravens winning this game tonight. And as I mentioned with my 16 team parlay, I got 10 of them right. I got a chance to get 11 right. Of course, that means I still lose. I got the Chiefs wrong, Raiders wrong, Washington football team wrong. I thought they would win. I got the Panthers wrong and the Seahawks wrong. But uh, that that's the only one I would say, well, that doesn't really count because Russell Wilson went out. So I could have maybe gone 12 and 5 this week. I'm getting better, getting better. Okay, coming up, we're going to have Dexter Henry join the show. We're going to talk a little NBA as we get ready for the upcoming season. Um, So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with the NBA. All right, joining me now is my dear friend, and we actually co-host the color cast apps, uh, Steelers games, which has been fun. Uh, what's up, Dexter? How you doing? What's up, Jamoke? I'm good, man. Always good to talk to you. Yes. And, you know, you got the NBA exchange going on. We're going to do NBA picks and props on the props network coming up soon. I'm glad mm-hmm. to talk basketball with you. Um, I first want to start, of course, with Kyrie Irving, you being in New York, uh, let's say you're a Brooklyn Nets fan. Um, how frustrated are you 
Or do you 100% understand what Kyrie Irving is doing to himself and thus the team? So to answer the second part of the question, I do not understand what Kyrie Irving is doing to himself <laughs> and the team at all whatsoever. Um, we hear athletes all the time, Jamoke, say, we got to be all in. This is a brotherhood. We got to be there for the team. You know, this we, we're all in this together. Our best availability is availability. These are these isms and talks that we hear from athletes and coaches, <laughs> the athletes speak, the coach speak that we hear all the time. And from my uh, vantage point, Kyrie's not being there for the team, right? He's not available. He's not there with his brothers. Now, recently as of Friday, uh, New York State, New York City, I should say, just allowed that Kyrie would be allowed to practice in the HSS training center, which is the Nets facility here in Brooklyn, because it is a private uh, business and they said that they can do what they want. It's not the same regulations in New York City for public businesses where you have to be required to be vaccinated to enter. So this is why Kyrie cannot play at the Barclays Center, et cetera. Now, you asked how the fans feel about it, Jamoke. I was at the Nets practice in the park. They did a practice at Brooklyn Bridge Park, uh, open, open air basketball courts for the fans. I was there on Saturday. Kyrie was there. He showed up and I talked to a bunch of fans, a lot of net fans. And they all were saying, look, we feel great about this season. We're excited. Kyrie needs to get that jab. They wanted to get that jab. I was a little surprised. I'll be honest. When Kyrie was announced to come out, I was surprised there weren't more boos because mm -hmm. when I talked to a lot of fans, they were really disgusted about the situation with Kyrie. They really were. And they really want this guy to get in the court they don't understand why he is doing this. I don't think any of us do. Nobody's given a good legitimate reason uh, for in terms of athletes, why they will not take the vaccine. We know that athletes, the reason that they're able, even able to be professional athletes is because of vaccines. Yeah. They've been vaccinated multiple times throughout their career to play in high school, to play in college. So we know this. I can get down that whole list, but I think what Kyrie's doing, to be quite honest, I just don't understand it. It comes across as ex extremely selfish. And it's becoming a distraction for the Nets. The longer this takes, the longer he's not able to get on the on the court, this is going to become a distraction. But in talking to some people around the Nets, they feel like it's going to get done. Nobody can just tell me when. Mm -hmm. The thing for me, and to your point about, you know, they, the fans aren't booing them because maybe they're holding out hope that he's going to, you know, have some kind of epiphany and change is that you know, Kyrie, over the course of your career, you have been stuck with so many needles to keep yourself on the court, to stay healthy. You have taken pills. You can't tell me that you haven't done anything that you've put in your body that you probably had to just trust the medical professionals who said, this is what you got to take to get better to stay healthy, to heal. So why are you having such a hard time with this one? Well, that's that's the question though, right, Jim? Okay, and it's a question that nobody, I've yet to hear somebody in the media ask this. That That's the thing that kind of bothered me. And I understand why a lot of the beat reporters aren't gonna ask it because they have to keep relationships with these guys. But a national writer covering the NBA, 
I would love to hear one of them ask them that exact question. You, you've mm -hmm. taken vaccines before in your history. They've helpful. It's been proven that vaccines work. Yep. And so I, I don't understand. I'd love to know from a lot of people who are anti-vax, what is your problem with this specific vaccine? Because we never get to answer that question. But I'm going to take something that uh, our friend and my man, Jamal Murphy, aka the Black Atologist, said on my podcast <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. He said, you know, the reason you hear this is because they don't have a legitimate answer. They right. don't have anything that's sound and sound logic against this mm -hmm. for a reason why they, they wouldn't take it. Because if there was, we would have heard it. Obviously, I want to be clear. I'm not talking about people who... Their doctors might say it's not good for them to take because of a medical condition or things like that. This is not the case with Kyrie that we know of, because if it was, he would have came out and said that. Nobody, not one athlete that's been anti-vax has come out and said, hey, my doctor said I can't take this because of whatever reason. Yeah. And the reason is a lot of the, the vaccine has been tested. You know, now Pfizer's FDA approved. We've seen this. We've seen how it's worked in, in terms of, uh, you know, stopping the spread. But when you hear stuff from Kyrie or Bradley Beal, you know, talking about, oh, well, people can still get it. And I'm always just like my head wants to explode because I'm like, yes, you could still get the virus. But you know what's great about the vaccine? Your symptoms won't be as bad. You won't be able to easily transmit. And here's the big thing, Jim, OK, you're likely not to die. Like, that's know, huge. Right? <laughs> that's huge. And I don't understand how people don't get how that's huge. So, yeah. Like you said, you, you brought up, you hit the nail on the head, Jim, okay? This vaccines have allowed Kyrie and other athletes to do what it is that they do at a high level throughout their career. So to turn their back on it now, when other guys, especially guys in the league who are not Kyrie, they're not stars who are getting paid the max. They're trying to survive and stay in the league. And also players and workers around the organization, including the Nets, the training staff, other people. If I'm somebody on the training staff and I'm working on you for treatment, and I might have a sick parent or, you know, family member at home. Yep. I don't want to be around you if you're not vaxxed. Yeah. You know that that you're putting my situation at risk. And so those are things I think people haven't thought about. So if you ask me, in the situation, Kyrie's being—I'm going to keep it blunt. Kyrie's being selfish with this. It's yeah. as simple as that. Yeah. And he's he's been very controversial over the last three seasons um, with some of the things he said and done. And I think you know went up to Boston. That didn't work out. And it just doesn't seem like it's working out here with the Nets either. And so I ask you, as I have talked about for the last two weeks on Just for Sport, I think the perfect trade is Kyrie Irving for Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons doesn't want to play in Philadelphia. Kyrie Irving can't play in New York, but he can play in Pennsylvania. So he mm -hmm. certainly wouldn't be missing 41 home games or more than that because you know they'd be in the playoffs. He wouldn't be losing out on $380,000 per game that at least we're talking about 50 games because he can't play in California too. Now that number would reduce to maybe 10 games that he's going to miss. And I think I look at Ben Simmons as he could be the, the, the Magic Johnson 2.0. Six, nine point guard, can flashy, showtime, make crazy passes. And he's not going to be asked to be a scorer because you got volume shooters in Kevin Durant and James Harden. You're good to go. You cannot have to shoot in the fourth quarter, maybe one or two shots, but they certainly not going to rely on you like they did in Philadelphia. Is that not the perfect trade? Because it even matches up money-wise, Dexter. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't they do this? 
it does make a lot of sense. My only concern with it, and you're right about him playing next to Harden or Durant in terms of Ben Simmons, that it would be extremely helpful for him and he would not be as relied upon or looked upon as offensively in the way that he was needed down in Philly. But here's the thing. If he passes up a layup or a dunk <laughs> like he did in that game against the Hawks, and we know how the Philly fans are, and they ate him, or they're going to eat him here in New York. He, he like That's my thing with him. I don't know. I, I wonder a little bit with Ben Simmons. Is he really cut out for the bigger markets? You know, he Philly's, Philly's a big market. He couldn't cut it there. Tough fan base. You know, can he play in New York? Can he play in L.A.? Can he play in Chicago? I, I'm not... I'm not so sure. Now, if I now to take it to the other side, Jamoke, if I'm in the Nets and we're dealing with everything that's going on with Kyrie, and I'm like, look, we can get us a player who can distribute the ball. He maybe doesn't help us great as we would be in terms of spacing. But you know what? We know he's going to show up and play. Mm-hmm. We know he's going to get that jab. I mean, at some point, the Nets are not going to want to deal with this headache if this continues. Yeah, I haven't been told that it will continue, but if this continues, the Nets are not going to not want to deal with this headache. And yeah, they might just say, hey, we can get an all-star talent. He's a really good defensive player. He can come in and help us. <clears throat> Excuse me. He can come in and help us. So why not? Why not do why not do that trade? Yeah. It actually it's a smart trade. It helps both sides. And Daryl Morey, who we know like we know he likes to get all-star talent back, he would be getting that in Kyrie. Yep. So it works. It works for both sides. And I do think Simmons could fit in next to a Durant and a Harden. Uh, and I, I wonder how their leadership style would maybe get him to be a little bit more aggressive offensively. That'd be interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, I hope, cause I, I feel like I haven't seen that trade being talked about um, at least not a lot. Like it's not like, Hey, this is percolating. And I feel like it's just perfect. They're right down the street from each other. You know, right. right down 95, easy. Right down move. 95. <laughs> right down 95. Right. Now, if that happens, we saw in the GM survey, um, a lot of people in the media, yourself, are also thinking that the Nets are the favorite to win the NBA Finals. If this mm-hmm. trade were to happen, do you still think the Nets are the favorite to win the NBA championship? Or does that number even improve with Ben Simmons versus Kyrie Irving? It's interesting. I think there's I think there's an actual realistic thought that the the odds would even be lower if they got Ben Simmons because he automatically would make them a better defensive team. The one thing you can say about the Nets is defensively uh, that they, they're really they're really not that great. They can score with anybody. They, their defense got better towards the end of last year. I mm-hmm. think as those guys played together, I think the key for them would be you know, making sure they're healthy and all those guys can play on the court at the same time. They didn't get that continuity last year, but yeah, if they made that trade, they'd still be the favorites. I think they're the favorites now. Um, some people were asking me and I talked to some fans and some other, some other media members on Saturday and they said, do you think the Nets could still win without Kyrie? And I said, yeah, I do think they can with just Harden Durant. Damn, we nearly saw the Nets beat the yeah. Bucks with yeah. just Durant. Yep. So yep. I think so, but what I think we need to understand that is kind of ridiculous. Kyrie missing home games, 41 of them, and I don't think they really are going to care that much about their seating, but it's more about in the playoffs because this mandate in New York 
where you're going to need vaccines to play, it, that's not going away anytime soon. I think maybe Kyrie's can't think that, but it's not going to happen. But if if they're healthy and they, it's Sim, whether it's Simmons or Kyrie, uh, yeah, the Nets are still the favorite. I just think they're too deep. They have too much offensive versatility. Uh, they, they've played together a year. Most of them, they have some new pieces. They've got Patty Mills, which was a great addition. Paul Millsap, they've got some vets in there. Blake Griffin also knows his role and how to play with the team. So I, I think they're just too deep, and I think they'll be better defensively than they were last year. But yeah, you put a piece like Ben Simmons, well, that that's just that's a game changer because that's a guy you could go put on Giannis. That's yeah. a guy you could go put on some of the other elite players in the in the East. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, if if they made that trade and they played Philly, now he'd be guarding Kyrie. Yeah. things of that nature so yeah i think the nets are still the favorite even if they made that trade uh the the lakers were in second place for the team they think will win the nba finals at 17 percent. i also like the gm survey i feel like it's you know um obviously they have their fingers on the pulse of every team and and i just feel like milwaukee's getting no respect as being the nba champ it's just like mm-hmm. yeah whatever they want it but it's the Lakers are a better team. I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, but I like the age thing as I was joking about it, uh, <laughs> is that I feel like they're like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of the NBA. You know, Tom Brady said, bring back all of, you know, Antonio Brown and Gronk and LeBron's like, yeah, all of the old heads come and play on my team. Like this is Space Jam 3 or something. <laughs> but can <laughs> they do it? I don't know. What do you think? Are the Lakers, they can't really beat the Nets. Um, I think it will be a good series, but yeah. I think a lot of that depends on how Westbrook plays. That's the thing about it for the Lakers. I think there's a possibility come April, we're talking about how the Lakers look really good. We like how Russ is playing, but it comes down to one thing for me with Russ. Can you play him in fourth quarters of playoff games? And is he going to hurt you offensively because he's not hitting the outside shot? Or the thing with Westbrook is we don't want you to take the outside shot in the fourth quarter. We need you to attack at the beginning of the fourth quarters, but defenses are going to know that they're going to sag off of him and dare him to take the shot. So it's almost like he's got to be able to make it. If Westbrook is making shots, they could be dangerous, very, very dangerous. And they could go toe to toe with the nets, but if he's not, that's going to really hurt their offense because they're going to have to play smaller, which they should anyway, they should be playing 80 at the five LeBron at the four Westbrook, you know, running some things at the point, although LeBron will have the ball in his hands a lot. I think they've got good shooters around them. The key for the Lakers to me is can they stay healthy and what is Westbrook like come the postseason? Because I think Westbrook's going to help them a lot in the regular season. He's a guy who can put the ball in his hands. He's going to allow LeBron to take nights off. And I think that's a positive. So I think the Lakers are going to be really good in the regular season. It just all comes down to what they're going to do in the postseason. Now, Jamoke, where I rock with you, yeah. The Bucs are getting disrespected. Yeah. I'm with you on that. We, the the Bucs are good. And I think what people are ignoring is Giannis came out in the in the, those finals. He figured his game out. Yeah. He understood finally how he needs to play, not taking those long jumpers, not taking as many threes, dominating in the mid-range to inside. I think he's figured that out. I think Giannis knows he's still being disrespected. I think he's hungry. I was watching some stuff in his preseason game last night, and he looks focused. And yeah. I think... I think the Bucs actually watched them in the regular season because I don't think they cared about the regular season as much last year. But I think this year they know people are disrespecting them, and I think they're going to go 
for their franchise record and wins or whatever it is that they can do. I think they're going to go for it. I think they're going to be hungry yeah. and they're going to want to show people. So I actually think the Bucks. I trust them because of the playoff pedigree they've had and wanted winning a championship. I put them a peg above the Lakers right now. And it probably will come down to the Nets and the Bucks and who wins that series to who's going to win the championship. Do you, is there any sleeper team that you see would surprise everyone to win the NBA finals? Cause I feel like the Milwaukee Bucks weren't a sleeper team, but no one was really expecting them to be there. Or maybe mm-hmm. you would say that it was the Suns being in the NBA finals that you didn't expect. Is there a sleeper team that we should be looking out for? So, okay. So my sleeper team that I would say to look out for, and this, you said to win the NBA finals. Yeah. If this is, this is contingent upon something happening. Cause I think if this team were healthy, I probably would pick them to come out the West and that's the Denver nuggets. Ooh. I think if they get Jamal Murray back, yep, yep. I think they could be dangerous. My thing is, you know, usually when you come back from these ACLs, it takes a little bit of time. People usually say it's about a year before you're right. So I don't know how right Murray will be, but if Murray is right, I think with the depth they have, I would like if their bench was a little bit better, but I'm a little concerned about them in the regular season with Compazzo, Monty Morris starting a point guard. But if Murray comes back and you have him, Jokic, who could be even better this year, Jokic is still only 26, Aaron Gordon and, and Michael Porter Jr. takes a leap, well, that team's really scary. They're really versatile. My only concern with them is they can't stop anybody. They're yeah. not good defensively. That's my only concern with them. But it wouldn't shock me if they got healthy and they had a Phoenix-like run and got to the finals. Do, do I think they could beat the Nets? No. The only, the only way I think the Nuggets would win is if somebody upset the Nets. They'd have a better shot against Milwaukee or like if a Miami knocked the Nets off. Yeah, I think so. But Denver's a team I would say keep your eye on to how they're playing late in the season if and when they get Murray back. That's interesting too, because I remember when I saw it come across uh, on Twitter, where it was like, oh yeah, Michael Porter Jr. got the max extension. I was like, he wasn't that good, but I mean, I guess you got to give it to him. What else are you going to do? You don't want to upset him. Um, But speaking of MVP and Nikola Jokic, I don't just want to ask my last question of who is your MVP this year, but if I've got the number one pick in fantasy basketball that's who i want to know who is your mvp that's like no this is the best player in the league if you got the number one pick this is the player you take man it's tough because i got some i got some drafts up this weekend right um (laughs) i like and this was in the gm survey too about the player that you'd most like to start your team with right now i think Mm -hmm. Doncic and Giannis were tied and, and, and it's funny because I don't even think – I think Jokic was disrespected. I don't think he got that many votes. No, and I think he, he, should, he should be one of those guys you should consider. And, and to be quite honest, you know, Jamoka, you put it in terms of fantasy basketball, um, I think you can't go wrong with either of those three, three guys. I'd probably go – I'd actually probably lean a little bit more to Doncic. I'm a big Doncic guy just yeah. because what he can do, and I think he will get you a lot of triple-doubles. So can the Joker – more than Giannis will, because Giannis mm-hmm. is just not going to give it to you with the assists. But with what Gian- Giannis is a way better defensive player than those two. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you can go wrong with either of those three. I think if you, I think just because I do think Giannis's skill set is going to evolve more a little bit. If I was starting a team right now, I might go with Giannis because he's just a little bit more polished. 
mm-hmm. but I love Doncic. So I think you put any kind of good players around Doncic and he's really going to raise their level. So it, it's tough, but Giannis is the best two-way player. So I'd probably have to go with, with uh, Giannis in terms of fantasy. I think I'd go with Doncic as my first pick possibly, but I wouldn't, I don't think you could go wrong with Joker, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you can go, especially this year, they're not going to have Murray. So everything's going to run through him offensively and we know how good of a passer he is. So He's not a bad pick for number one in fantasy at all. Not at all. All right. Thank you, Dexter. I'm looking forward to talking to you, obviously, and definitely the color cast, the Steelers color cast, but (laughs) throughout the NBA season too. It's going to be fun. Yeah, man. Definitely. Always glad to talk some NBA. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. All right. That was Dexter Henry. You can check out his podcast, The NBA Exchange. He's also going to be on NBA Picks and Props on Props HQ, formerly known as the Props Network. Well, I guess it's still known as the Props Network, but the website is PropsHQ.com. He's such a good basketball mind. I enjoy talking to him every chance I get. Um, tonight better be a good football game. And I'm so excited for the start of the NBA season. You don't know. Major League Baseball playoffs are going on right now. Hockey starts soon. English Premier League is going. College football is really in its prime right now. And I say all of that to say, that's why October is the best month in sports. Even college basketball is getting started up in October. Best month. Best month ever. That'll do it for Just for Sport. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you learned something too. Ciao for now.